0: The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Good morning. I'm Pastor Chris. Welcome to Coastal Community Church. Uh, uh, Welcome to our new service times this morning, uh, 930 and 1115. I know that might have been a a little bit of getting used to for some of you. I'm not really sure. It's kind of interesting to see uh, how the services are all going to uh, play out. The the first service, it looks like maybe is going to be the the largest service, maybe, we're not really sure, but it's the summer, and, you know, everybody's still out of town and going, you know, coming and going different places, but uh, anyway, it was great, I hope you, uh, uh, if you were normally at the you know the third service, and you're here today. Sorry, you had to get up a little bit earlier, and if you were used to coming the second or the first, you got to sleep in a little bit later. So anyway, uh, the the really the cool thing about it is that God has blessed us with a great tool that we can continue to grow and uh, have two services. So anyway, we're excited about that, but we're glad that you're here. We are today the last message, the final message, week six. Of this summer sermon series that we've been in uh, called At the Movies, where we basically take a look at uh, popular movies or current movies that people are seeing over the summer and uh, using them as a hook uh, to talk about spiritual truth. And I hope that you've enjoyed uh, this series as much as I have, but here's what I really hope. I really hope that we are training you uh, to become a student of culture, that that basically you're just, you know, you, you understand how to look at the world through kingdom eyes and you're looking for opportunities to, uh, to find hooks where you can share your faith, where you can share your story uh, and invite people to Coastal. Uh, in fact, so this morning, obviously, if you see on your outline, if you uh, got the, uh, the video, the, the little bumper there, uh, raise your hand if you've seen the movie or maybe even read the book The BFG. Anybody? Kind of a spattering of people. It was kind of a, this movie really was a fairly highly anticipated movie this summer because it's directed and produced by Steven Spielberg in conjunction with Walt Disney. So already they knew, you know, this was going to be kind of a a special movie. Uh, The the film is based on the novel uh, by the same name, the BFG, by Roald Dahl, and uh, Dahl by the way is also the author of a lot of other childhood classics like James and the Giant Peach Uh, he wrote the screenplay actually for Chitty Chitty Bang Bang if you remember that way back in the day Uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory Matilda uh, the fantastic Mr. Fox just to name a few now in fact here's a little uh, movie trivia for you this morning Uh, the screenplay for the script uh, the BFG was written by Melissa Matheson who also wrote another screenplay for uh, Steven Spielberg. Uh, does anybody know what movie script she wrote? E.T. So there you go. So again, it, this is a pretty, pretty special movie. The BFG uh, tells the story of this unlikely friendship. Uh, in fact, that's basically what Steven Spielberg said when asked about the movie and the script. He said it's a love story. It's about a friendship uh, between a girl, an orphan, by the name of Sophie and a 24-foot behemoth called the Big Friendly Giant. Now, despite his somewhat intimidating appearance, and despite the fact that he kidnapped Sophie uh, in the beginning of the movie, uh, the BFG turns out to be a friendly, kind-hearted soul, and uh, who is considered an outcast by the other giants, because unlike them, he refuses to do what? Eat Eat children. Again, it's a love story. So, okay, Um, okay. kidnapping, eating children. I know it doesn't really sound like a kid's movie, but I promise me, uh, it is. Um, So their friendship grows, and uh, Sophie's presence uh, begins to attract the unwanted attention of some other uh, giants. They travel to London, and Sophie and the BFG have to convince the Queen of England to help them get rid of all the bad giants once and for all. So again, at its core, uh, to me, the movie is all about friendship. And uh, that's what I want us to talk about today. You know, I want us to talk about relationships, about friendships. And I really believe that today's message uh, it is a timely one. Uh, it's a timely one, you know, especially with all of the things that are happening in our country and our world today, things that you're seeing and reading and hearing about on, on the news, on social media. Uh, you know, if, if you read my Friday Five, I, I said this past week that... Uh, you know the pr- the problem in our world there's no doubt uh, you know it's it's sin that's the problem you know the, the 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 problem is sin and the evil one you know whether it's racism hatred violence that's sin and uh, the answer if if the problem is sin and the evil one then the answer is and always has been the same as well uh It's Jesus. It's a relationship. And so I think, you know, if if we as a people, you know, did a better job of building relationships with other people and really loving other people, I think what we're seeing today would be a different story. So pay attention to what I have to say today and let God's word uh, speak to you today. Um, You know, I've said this many times here. uh, People aren't just looking for a friendly church. They're looking for what? They're looking for friends. You know, it's, it's great to be a friendly church, and I want us to be that, and I want us to work, we work hard at that. But the truth is, I think people are looking for something more than just a friendly church. They really are looking for relationships. They're looking for true community. And I believe that God has hardwired us for that. In fact, listen to this. In John chapter 15, Jesus said this about friends. Let this sink in. I command you to love each other in the same way that I love you. And here's how to measure it. The greatest love is shown when people lay down their lives for their what? Their friends. I mean, here's Jesus. He says, listen, the greatest way for you to show love is to lay down your lives for each other, to give your lives up for other people. So, I got a question for you today. Do you have friends like that in your life? Now, I'm not asking you how many Facebook friends you have, okay? Or what your Snapchat ranking is, okay? Um, I'm asking you, how many friends do you have in your life that would lay down their life for you? Or maybe the better question is this, how many friends do you have that you would be willing to lay down your life for them? You know, again, you don't have to be a real student of the culture. You don't have to spend a lot of time watching and listening and hearing what we're all seeing today. The sad, sad truth is that in a day and a time when you think things would be different because of you know, social media and all these relational connections that we think we're making with one another in this world of instant everything, and this social media driven world, you would think today wouldn't be this way. But the truth is people are floundering today when it comes to relationships. They're floundering today when it comes to really developing the kind of friends that I'm talking about. The, the, the people in your life, true, true friends that are gonna be with you through thick and thin, that are, you're mutually willing to lay down your lives for each other. So I want this to be real practical today as we always try to try to do here at Coastal. And I want you to walk out of here thinking, man, I know how we could make a difference. I know how things could be better. And I want you to understand what it takes to develop that kind of friendship, what it takes to have that kind of friend. So if you're taking notes, write these things down. Number one, if you want to have this kind of friendship, you've got to first be a friend. Okay? You make friends. You develop these friends that are mutually willing to lay down their lives for each other by first you being a friend. Now, I know this sounds very simple. But the truth is, this is where it really starts. You know, here's what happens typically. Most of the time, we spend a lot of energy just trying to find other people who will listen to me, who will accept me, who will be there for me when I I need them. And yet, we spend very, very little time and energy and effort trying to do all those things for other people first. Listen, if you want to have friends in your life, if you want to have relationships, if you want to make a difference, then you first got to be a friend. The painful truth is that one, one of the reasons that just maybe you lack that in your life is because if you're honest, you're not a very good friend sometimes. And it's tough. It's tough to attract friends if first you're not a very good friend yourself. Now, I got good news for you today. There's not a single skill involved that I'm going to talk about today in being a good friend that you can't develop. You know, nobody, nobody here was born with, you know, magic friendship genes, okay? It doesn't work that way. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes energy. It takes initiative. It takes intentionality. It takes commitment and risk. We're going to talk about some of that stuff. But listen, you can do it. Man, listen to this verse. 1 John three eighteen says this. Dear children, let us just, let's stop just saying that we love each other. But let's show it. Let's really show it by our actions. Wow, if there's not a, you know, a verse that's needed today, it's this one. Notice at the end of that verse. Show it by your actions. Sure, love is the answer. Sure, love has a name, it's Jesus. But Jesus isn't passive. You know, we all want friends, we all want people in our lives that are, that are there, you know, when it, when it really comes time to show it, you know, that they're not just here for, you know, a season, fair weather friends, they're, they're there through thick and thin. But what does that look like? You know, how do you do that? For, you know, if you need to be a friend first, then, then what are you saying, Pastor Chris? Well, let me give you five very practical ways to help you learn to be a, a better friend, help all of us learn to be a better friend first. Number one, be considerate. Of their needs first. Be considerate of their needs first. In other words, if you want to develop that type of friend, you've got to start with their needs first, not your own. You start, the the focus is on their hurts. You need to be thoughtful of others. Don't, Don't worry about everybody having to understand you. Try to understand other people first. You know, that's how you make that initial connection. That's how you attract and develop good friends. A couple of weeks ago, when we used the movie um, Me Before You, that you know, romantic nonsense of a movie. No, anyway, when we used that movie, um, we basically said, no, it, you know, the, the, the way of Jesus is not me before you, it's what kind of living? You before me. Remember, the Bible said in Philippians 2, 4, look out for one another's interests, not just your own. Man, that is a, that is a radical verse in today's world. Because everything today in the world from the moment we're born says, you know, we are conditioned, me first, think about myself first. And as a result of that, man, we are so disconnected. We're not really considerate of other people's needs. But here's the good news. Listen to this. As a follower of Jesus, and this is where we really do have something, this is where we really do have that hope, God has promised us that if you'll focus on meeting the needs of other people, he guarantees he will meet your needs. You know, if if you want your needs to be met, focus on meeting other people's needs. Now why? Why in the world would it be that way? Because he wants you and me to learn to be unselfish. We gotta learn to be loving, to learn to be generous like him, and that comes from focusing on others. Colossians 3.13 says this, listen to this. You must make allowances for each other's faults and forgive the person who offends you. Remember, God forgave you, so you must forgive others. Wow. Again, what a needed verse today. You know, part of being considerate of other people's needs and, you know, is just making allowances for their faults. You know, it's, It's not expecting them to be perfect. Why? Because you're not perfect. And so why would you demand that of other people? So be considerate. Be considerate of other people first. That's the way to be a friend first. Number two, be constructive with your words. Our words are powerful. We did a whole series on that. The power of words. Use your words to build up people. Let me ask you something. Is that what you're seeing on social media today? No. Ephesians 4.29, listen to this. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth and be put on Facebook. Okay? But only what is helpful for building, up, building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those. God wants us to take our words and to use them to infuse people with life. That means you, you and I should seek to bring out the best of other people, you know, to praise them when we see them doing right, to encourage them, to believe in them. And one way we do that is through the words that we speak. Listen, don't, isn't it obvious? We live in a hypercritical world today where everybody just is so quick to point out the wrong and the bad. It's so easy to point out the things that are wrong with other people. Uh, One of the One of the guys I like to read in leadership is a guy by the name of John Maxwell. Uh, He's a pastor and a leadership author. And one of the phrases in his books I like, he he says, he uses this phrase, adding value to people. Adding value to people. Now, how do you do that? Well, you do that by looking to say something positive to them and about them, to encourage them. Again, that idea of speaking life into people. And he has this rule uh, that he mentions in one of his books. He calls it the 30-second rule. And he basically says that it's his goal when he walks into a room into a meeting or to a group of people that he gives himself in his mind mentally like 30 seconds for him to find something encouraging to say to the people that are there. To, to infuse them with, with life. How are you at doing that? You know? How are you at, uh, at being that type of friend? Number th- number three, Be candid. Be candid. Now, again, you know, sure, we need to speak life. Sure, we need to speak courage. Pastor Chris, does that mean that you can't speak truth? No, but be, you know, I think we have to be honest. We have to be open. We have to be frank. Proverbs 24, 26, listen to this. Especially, this is true in friendship. Listen to this. An honest answer is a sign of a true friendship. Notice that. Notice that the, the connection there between, you know, being candid and honest And then being a friend. They go together. Listen, genuine, healthy relationships. And I could could extend that to say, you know, in, in marriage, friendships, you know, in the church. Again, they are built on, listen to me, honesty. Honesty. And by the way, I'm not talking about flattery. Flattery. Okay, there's a huge difference between honesty and flattery. You know, and boy, you, not, you see this like, like crazy during an election year. You know, people that are always telling you what you want to hear. You know, always kissing up to you. And by the way, if you have somebody in your life that that's what they're always doing, hear this loud and clear. They don't love you. Okay? They're using you. They're manipulating you. Flattery is the sign of a manipulator, not somebody who's genuinely your friend. Now listen to this statement, because I believe this to be true. You can't have trust in a relationship without truth and transparency. Now the reality is, in a a great friendship, in a great relationship, that takes time. You know, it's gotta be built up. It's got to be established, you know, but you've got to be intentional about that. You know, if if you want to have that that trusting relationship, then you've got to be candid. You've got to speak the truth. Yes, speak it in love, but be truthful, be honest, because you can't have trust without truth and transparency, okay? Now, number four, to be a friend first, be confidential. be confidential. You know, Proverbs eleven thirteen. listen to this. A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy man keeps a secret. What about you? Are you the kind of friend that can keep a confidence? You know, here's what's funny to me, and you see this a lot in churches, but you know, this is the truth. We we tend to think, and we do this, don't we? We judge one another based on their sin, thinking their sin's worse than our sin, right? But in talking about sins, we typically in our minds think that gossip is like a misdemeanor sin, right? It's a little sin, a little side sin, you know? It's not that big of a deal. And yet, you know, when God talks about sin, he always lists gossip right alongside of, Adultery and murder and sexual immorality and all those kinds of things. Why? Because it, it's a big deal. It's it, it's destructive. It destroys relationships. It still separates people from God. You know, gossip can tear a friendship apart, a family apart, a church apart. You know, more relationships have been destroyed by gossip than any other kind of disloyalty. It's incredibly destructive to find out that you have a friend that you can't trust. So if you want to be a friend, you be known as someone who can keep a confidence. Number five, you got to be committed. And what I'm talking about here is in the good times and the bad times. I'm talking about loyalty. You know, that you you've got to be known as that person that, that sticks with it. You know, good relationships, they take time, they take effort. They don't happen overnight, they don't happen by accident. It takes a lot of effort to build that connection with somebody. And that requires sticking with people, beside them for the long haul. The Bible says this in Proverbs 17:17. 17, 17, listen to this. A friend loves when it's convenient. It doesn't say that, does it? A friend loves when? All times. You know what that means? That means a friend loves sometimes when they don't even feel like it. When the other person doesn't deserve it. At great personal cost. That's a friendship. You know, when you're blowing it and you're making a mistake, a friend is in your corner when they feel cornered. You know, they they see you through when everybody else thinks you're through. You know, they walk with you when everybody else walks out. So that's step number one. Be a friend first. And those are some ways to do it. Now, here's another way to make those kinds of friends that you have in your life over time where you feel like, man, we would lay down our lives for each other. Here's one, and you might not think about it. Enjoy life with my friends. Everybody in this room, you know what? You all work hard, you're hard workers. Okay, we all work hard. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, if you're a believer in Christ, I actually believe you ought to be the hardest worker. Wherever you work, whatever your job is, you ought to be the best employee. Not because you're working for that boss, not because you're working for a paycheck, but you work for the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe in that. A work ethic is not an American thing. It's a Christian thing, okay? But if you don't learn to enjoy life, And have some fun. And make time to have fun with your friends. You're not going to have friends. You're you're not going to have those types of relationships. Did you know that playing hard and having fun is also a part of your spiritual growth? Listen to Ecclesiastes 8.15. Listen to this. So I recommend having fun. Because there is nothing better for people to do in this world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. You're like, woo! that's my life verse right there, Pastor Chris. I knew it. It's in the Bible. You know, that way they will experience some happiness along with all the hard work that God gives them to do. So God knows. God knows you're going to work. You're expected to work. Life is going to be tough. So he says, learn to enjoy life together. Do life with people and have fun. And some of you, you know, you work so hard, you don't have time for anything, you don't have time for that, and that's a problem. And that's one of the reasons why at the end of your life when things are difficult, you don't have those types of people in your life. Number three, a third way to develop friends is to carry the burdens of other people. Carry their burdens. You know, if you've ever had to go through a difficult time, you know how important it is to have good friends. You know, people who are with you when you go through those difficult seasons. Um, some of you, you know, are aware of this. Again, those of you who read my Friday Five or you know, pay attention to some of the things we, that are going on around here. Um, anyway, uh, my wife's dad is, is dying and uh, we went to go see him uh, in Atlanta a couple of weeks ago. Well, he took another turn for the worse. And uh, Janet left yesterday to go uh, be with her family. And um, so I ask you to uh, pray for her and pray for her family. Um, Every person here, though, you're going to go through a hard time. You're going to get that phone call. You know, Proverbs 27.10 says this, Never abandon a friend, either yours or your father's. Then in your time of need... You won't have to ask your relatives for assistance. It's better to go to a neighbor than a relative who lives far away. What's he talking about there? He's talking about, man, developing friends, having relationships, building those types of people into your life. And you say, well, you know, I I don't need that because I just have my family. And he says right here that that's not going to be enough. You were built for relationships. You were built for people. And, And by the way, when you connect with people, when you have friends... It's not always about you. It's not always about what other people can do for you. Sometimes God allows you just to be there for somebody else. And when he does, you know what? That allows that friendship to grow closer like nothing else will do. And it grows that friendship. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10 says, Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls, what? Alone. Is in real trouble. Some of you are in real trouble. And again, you're a phone call away from being in a a hard way. Because you're alone. And you're not connecting with people. You're not making friends. Man, God never intended it to be that way. You know, what would happen if you got laid off this week? What would happen if you were hit with a substantial challenge that you hadn't prepared for? You know, would you be left to face it alone? And, and, and you know, and the sad thing is some of you you know, you hear this message and you're, you're you're still processing it. Yeah, there's not people in my life that are doing that for me. And what I'm trying to get you to see is, no, you've got to turn that around. I'm asking you, like, you know, when other people are, are sick or going through a hard time, are you there for them? You know, do you visit them? Do you see them? Do you make that phone call? You know, by the way, sometimes carrying the burdens of other people, sometimes it just means you... You simply give them space and a listening ear. Because everybody's different. You know, everybody handles pain and disease and death and hardship differently. And a good friend, a wise person, knows that, understands that, and is okay with navigating that with grace and understanding. Because it's not about you. Finally, number four. If you're going to have the type of friends in your life that are willing to lay down their lives for each other, you've got to take a risk. You've got to take a risk. Hear this loud and clear today from Pastor Cress. Making, developing, maintaining friends is risky business. It requires a step of faith. Now, why is that? Why is it a risk? Well, you know, you might say, well, the easy answer is because sometimes it's not reciprocated. You know, sometimes it doesn't come back. Sometimes the friendship is not there. Okay, sure. But I actually think it's more than that. I think it's because relationships can be painful. Relationships sometimes quite frankly, are hard work. They're difficult sometimes. But here's what I believe with my whole heart. It's worth it. It's worth it. That's where the joy comes from. That's where, you know, that truthfully, through the difficulty, through the hardship, you know what? That's where the growth comes from. Listen, a great friendship, a great relationship, I can even say a great marriage, is not one that never goes through difficult times. Is not one that never has any hardship. Is not one that you know, never has any disagreements. It's, it's one that that sticks to it, sticks with it through those times, sees it through to the other end, the other side, and is stronger as a result. Haven't you heard that if you and a friend, you and a spouse, always think alike, you know, always respond alike and, and, you know, everything is always the same. One of you is not necessary, okay? That's boring, you know? Like, listen, that's, that's not necessarily a great relationship. A great relationship is one that has a commitment through the difficulty. You know, some of you are sitting here today and you're thinking, I, I don't have that in my life. I don't have real friends, I don't have people that speak the truth to me in love. I don't have people in my life that I completely trust. I don't have people in my life that'll do life with me, have fun with me. Some of you are here today and you're really struggling with loneliness. Listen to me. Take a risk. Reach out to people. People. Take a risk. You know, by the way, reach out to people who are different than you. Reach out to people who don't look like you. That's what this world needs today. You know, reach out to people who don't believe like you do. By the way, I thought as a believer in Jesus, that's what we're supposed to do. That's our mission. is to reach out to people. Listen, listen other people in this world they're not the enemy sin is the enemy Satan is the enemy but that other person that you're upset with they were made in the image of God just like you and your job and my job our mission, our call in life is to love them in spite that they don't even believe like we do they might not even believe in who we believe in but we're to love them is that risky? you better believe it is it worth it? Absolutely. Hey, how about this? Say yes once in a while. Instead of always saying no to every invitation, to every outing, to every offer to get together with people, take a risk. Take the initiative. Have some people over for dinner. Well, my house is a mess. So what? All of our houses are messy. Who cares? You know, take a risk. Make that phone call. Invite somebody out to a movie. Take a risk. You ready for this one? Join a life group. Take a risk. Join a life group. Take a risk. You know, when you you sign up for a life group, and again, I I realize we're at the end of this summer semester, but the fall is coming quickly. And we're going to have a new catalog and a new sign-up. When you sign up and join a life group, I'm not going to stand here and promise you that you're going to have total relational euphoria. And it's going to be unbelievable. And you're going to meet people in that group who are going to be not your BFG, but your BFF forever. I'm not saying that. But I'll tell you what might happen. You're going to be in a place surrounded by other people who are just like you, who care and are also looking for friends. People that you can maybe be yourself with, you can hear their story, they can hear your story, you can have fun with them. You can pray for each other, carry each other's burdens. So when life group Sunday rolls around, you know, in the fall, we put out that summer or that fall semester catalog of life groups, take a risk. In fact, Jesus said it this way: in, in Luke 19, 26, he said. That's what I mean. Risk your life and get more than you ever dreamed of. Play it safe and end up holding the bag. Listen to me. Stop playing it safe relationally all the time. Take a risk. Jesus said it is worth it. It is worth it. You find life by being willing to give your life away. Let this last verse sink in, Romans 5:11. Listen to this. "So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus Christ has done for us in making us what? Friends of God. Isn't that amazing? Jesus made us friends. With God, think about that. The God of the universe, the God who spoke creation into existence wants to be your friend. And man, he is a friend like no other. He will be there when everybody else turns their back, when everybody else thinks you're off the deep end. And here's what's the most exciting thing. The Bible says that our God will never leave you or forsake you. There are two groups of people here in this room today There are people who have already committed their lives to God through Christ and they've become friends of God. And then there are other people here who haven't yet done that. Listen to me. Take the risk. Take the risk. It's worth it. Take that step of faith. And by the way, another thing. Be the very best kind of friend that you could ever be. And introduce your friends to Jesus. That's what this world needs. It's relationships. You know, he says, you know, stop saying you just love people, but show it by your actions. You know, why not, you know, get off social media this week for a little bit and start putting love into practice? You know, develop friends with people who aren't like you. You know, be considerate, be kind, listen. But the greatest adventure the greatest step of faith you could ever take is to become a friend of God. And you do that through Christ. You know, he was willing to lay down his life for his friends, for you. You know, and the response is to lay down your life for him, to become a friend of God. You do that through faith. You do that through placing your faith in in Christ and what he did for you, becoming a follower of Jesus. You can take that risk today. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.